Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in St. Louis, Missouri, it's time for St. Louis Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Doc's Discussions here on St. Louis Business Radio X. I am excited about this conversation because I usually have really good conversations, and again, with very smart people. This person is a part of that group, but a lot of my conversations, I have to think, okay, well, what am I going to talk about? How is this conversation going to flow? Which is great. That's called show prep. This one will just flow just because of the human being on the other side of the microphone from me. So I'm not even going to go into all the accolades, speaker, author, et cetera. I'm going to let her do that talking. I want to welcome Samantha Bennett to the show. How are you, friend? I'm so well. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to this. There's certain interviews that you kind of see ahead on the uh, on the calendar and you go, that's going to be a fun one. So I've been looking forward to this. So thanks for joining us. I appreciate you. My pleasure. I've been, I've been psyched about it, too. It's true. You look at your calendar and there's some things you're like, oh, right. I said I would do that. But then there's yes. others you're like, oh, yeah, I get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the joys and, uh, and fears sometimes of a business owner, right? So, Correct. Well, so let's start with the basics. I like to go back and understand how people get to a specific point or specific points in their life. Tell our viewers more about you, where you're from, your upbringing. Give us, give us the story of Sam, if you will. Yeah, so it's a story of a lot of uh, sideways maneuvers and completely inadvertent <laughs> actions that, you know, so where I ended up here is, you know, as an author and a speaker and a teacher and a mentor and, you know, running this business that I love, where I started out was as an actor, actually. I spent most of my life working as an actor. I was one of those kids who put on plays in the yard. I did all the shows in school. I went to theater camp. I was that kid. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, and then, uh, and I had, you know, and I, I, you know, in all honesty, I was pretty good. I, I had one of those acting careers first in Chicago and then in Los Angeles that went well enough that, you know, you didn't want to give up on it because I was, you know, I was with the Second City in Chicago. I did a lot of improv comedy. I did a lot of radio dramas, but I also did like Days of Our Lives and Modern Family and the Drew Carey Show and, you know, like shows, but none of it was able enough to actually support a person. So, like a lot of actors, I filled the rest of my days with my whole calendar was just like part-time gigs and jobs and auditions and shows and producing and late night and off night and writing my own stuff and producing other people's stuff. And um, I did everything. I did scarf tying demonstrations at Lord and Taylor. I was a barista. I executive produced radio dramas. I was a whitewater river guide. I delivered flowers. I, I rehabbed houses, like literally everything, everything. And I'll tell you for my whole life, everybody thought I was insane. And then the crash of 2009. And then also most recently with more COVID people are like, Oh, having multiple income streams. Oh, that's smart. I'm like, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that ding could not have happened any better. You didn't even plan that one. So that, <laughs> see, that's just good radio right there. That's just good streaming platform radio. <laughs> so I want to tap into a couple things because your experience is so vast. And this is why I do this would be a fun dialogue and back and forth with this. Tap into the experience of Second City. So for those who don't know, Second City, large improv in Chicago. I'm not going to do it justice. I'm going to let you do that. But I think there's some lessons and some 
skill sets that were probably learned working in that environment, the people that came through there. Take us through a little bit of that. Absolutely. So yes, I will start this off by saying if you are feeling a little stuck in your life, you feel like you need a little more fun in your life, if you're having confidence issues or communications issues, take an improv class. Everything you need to know about successful living, you will learn doing improvisation. Plus, it's just a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. People who do it are really nice. It's a ton of fun. So um, that's my two-second advertisement for study improv if you get a chance. <laughs> so yeah, so I I kind of started out there working in the box office. It was just a summer job. And Second City at the time, it still is one of the most prominent comedy theaters in, in the country, possibly in the world. Um, the list of alumni is everyone from Gilda Radner to Chris Farley to the Belushi brothers to Amy Poehler and Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell and Adam McKay and John Favreau, like everybody you've ever heard of in comedy is part of that list. Um, And, but at the time, you know, it was the late eighties. We were all just kids together, putting on shows. (laughs) And uh, uh, there's a picture of me from my first wedding and um, you can tell I'm the one in the big white dress. Cause it's my, okay. and then there's my, then my first husband whom I met at second city and then a picture with all our work friends. So it is, it's us. And then Steve Carell and Steve Colbert and Amy Sedaris and Nia Vardalis and Ian Gomez and Jim Belushi. And um, I mean, just everybody. Right. But like I said, we, we were just kids. So, um, and some of them went on to go become incredibly famous and successful. Uh And which is a little challenging for the rest of us, because when you are friends with people who make it to the 0.000001 percentile of success, it's hard to not feel like kind of a failure, (laughs) even when you're a success. I remember telling a friend, I was like, yeah, it's like I got picked for the Olympic team, but I, you know, sat on the bench or got a bronze or something. And they're like, yes, but you were on the Olympic team. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Let me take that. In. That's a spiritual <laughs> path for me. Let me let me spend some time on that. Um, the principles of improvisation, though, uh, what improv teaches you is, first of all, number one rule is make your partner look good. Mm. You are there to make your partner look smart, funny, hilarious. You are there to set them up for success. Um, mm. The best person I knew with that was Keegan Michael Key who is now also super famous. Yes. Keegan is a lovely guy, is as, just as wonderful as you hope he is. And he has a way of looking at you on stage with this love and expectation of like, I'm so glad you're here and listening really closely and just making you feel like a super genius. And anything you say, he's such a genius. He's able to turn, you know, you can sit there and go blah, 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 blah. And he'll turn it into gold. Like, yeah. You will never feel like a more brilliant comedian than when you are on stage with Keegan Michael Key. Um, and that's what some of the best people do too, right? They yeah. make you feel great. They set you up to succeed. They are interested, legitimately, genuinely interested and grateful that you are there. And so that's that's one thing I learned. Treat them like you like them, right? Pay attention. Yeah. Um you know, the the one you've probably heard about improvisation is the rule of yes and. That, you know, I don't walk into a scene and say, son, I want to talk to you about your homework. And you look at me and go, um, my name's Philip. You're my friend. I don't know. Like, <laughs> that would be, 
that would be a no but (laughs) yeah don't screw up the scene basically right right so you say yes to whatever somebody offers you and then you build on it you all say and right so you know i want to talk to you about your schoolwork young man yeah mom i know but i'm gonna run away and be a nasa scientist well not with those grades you're not right you know now we now we explore and heighten this idea um and that alone just going into you know all ideas are good ideas all ideas get a yes, at least initially, and all ideas get get built on like, yes, and if we did that, this might happen, and this might happen, and we could go this direction. Um, and you stop referring to ideas as Philip's idea or Sam's idea. It's just the idea. It's the idea right. about the kid in the NASA account. This is my sister's house, which is why I'm not answering the phone. <laughs> You can just ring and ring phone. I'm not talking to you. I was just going to tell our viewers it was the office phone. I was just going to give them no. that. But okay. No, that's, that's fine. Right. That, you don't have to Okay. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> so you also, um, the other things you learn in a premise, uh, first of all, in, in, I'm unshockable. I have a, a vocabulary that will make a sailor blush because there's nothing like being in a van with eight other comedians, <laughs> seven of whom are men. <laughs> driving through downstate Illinois at three in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could have stopped uh, in downstate Illinois and that would have, you know, for the folks right. who understand the Midwest, that's its they own. They had piece. these dirty trucker <laughs> tapes that they just put. Oh my God. So um, I cannot be offended. <laughs> and that's also a good thing sometimes for business too, to really oh. not be offended, like leave the ego at the door. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then just the, the the value in making bold choices. Mm. You know, when you're improvising a scene, when it's just you and me out there, and we don't have anything, we don't have a suggestion, we don't have a set, we don't have props, we don't have costumes. It's just the two of us, and we're making something out of up out of thin air. Making a bold choice is a great way to propel something forward, um, and. And standing in the back, dithering and like, oh, maybe I should go on, maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Is this idea any good? Uh, second guessing yourself. It's poison. You're, you're, you'll die. I mean, that's all there is to it. And that is also a handy business skill. I love it. And these are fun because when we are, we've been lucky enough to have some amazing guests. And again, today is no different. Um, having those nuggets of transferable skill are so important because I think you tapped into something earlier in the conversation of people can kind of only see it in a straight line, right? And they'll say, well, how does this apply to what you're doing now? And you're like, actually, I have all these skill sets, all these experiences. I- I'm not really going to be flapped, right? I'm, I'm unflappable, Cotton. I'm, I'm not able to be flapped. So that concept, though, is extremely important in terms of business, being a business leader, being a leader in a craft in an industry, because you're going to get things that are not, quote unquote, on script, right? So what do you do with that information in order to get you or your clients or your team to that next level? So I always like to kind of tie that in because I know we have listeners that will go, how is this going to be about business leadership? And sometimes the more fun ways are those past experiences. So that's why I always love asking that question and having a baseline of how did people get to where they are today? Those are fun experiences. And I can see you doing very well in Second City. I've, I've got some research on that in my brain so i can see you playing quite well in that environment so here's another question for you thinking through the numerous career experiences so not only your second city being on different tv shows working in construction working in what 
were some of those experiences that stuck out the most that when you look back in terms of what you're doing today, you go, I can find a correlation of how I got here by seeing and being and living through those experiences. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that pops to mind is this deep mm, confidence, I guess, that there's an infinite number of ways to make money out there. Mm. There's an infinite number of jobs. There's an infinite number of people to serve. You have way more skills and talents than you think you do. Like, I, I don't get afraid that like, oh no, what if I'm unemployed? It's like, well, then I'll figure out a gig. Like, <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, and that you can push yourself to do things that are uncomfortable. I mean, those scarf tying demonstration things, that was horrible. I am okay. shy. I am introverted. I do not make, I'm, I'm perfectly friendly when you talk to me, but I'm not going to go up to somebody and be like, hi, I'm Sam. Nice to meet you. You know, like, I don't, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I want to stay in the back of the room. This is how Philip and I met. We're staying in the back of the room, passing rude notes back and forth to each other. Like kids and like kids who are bound for detention. Like that's <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I got a couple of demerits in my day. We're not going to talk about that, but yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but finding out that I could do it, you know, that I could stand there in a department store with everybody completely ignoring me and being yeah. like, ladies, have you ever had a scarf and not known what to do with it? Well, look at this scarf. You know, you can tie it in a bow. You can tie it in a knot. You can throw it over your shoulder. Like, a, a, I mean, honestly. Um, so, you know, you push yourself and you grow and you get, you get new experiences and, um, and you start to find out that you can count on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's, it's so funny because we've had discussions previously to this of you're, you're an introverted extrovert. That's the best way I can put that for you. Because when you do start talking and talk to people, no one would ever know that you're the type of person to go, I, I really don't like just walking up to people. Because your demeanor is so open, but that's an interesting component because it sounds as if, for instance, that scarf tying out of all the companies and all the acting roles and everything else, that was the one that stuck out because it forced you to almost have to come outside of your comfort zone. So again, we talk about business leadership. How do you become a leader? A lot of times you're not always in your comfort zone. So understanding that and using that experience for today's clients, your product, your brand, that sounds like one of those indelible pieces overall. Am I, am I hitting the spot? Definitely, definitely. And also, and I think this is also very true in, in terms of business leadership, is you kind of, it's very much like being an actor. You have to come to terms with the fact that there is sort of a public version of you yeah. that is not exactly the same as the private version of you. Great point. You know, that the person that you are to your colleagues, to your employees, to your team members, to your clients they're going to see you in a certain way and have certain expectations of you. And while it is, I'm all in favor of being vulnerable with them and being real with them, they need you to be the leader first and foremost. Right. Right. You're not actually their friend and you shouldn't expect to be. And they're not going to sympathize with your pain because they don't have your pain. You know, only you give as much of a shit about your business. <laughs> and, you know, no one else is going to care about it the way you care about it. And you can't expect them to. And understanding that, yeah, they're not, they're not going to get every little thing about you. Um, and you kind of get to pick and choose like what your professional persona is, you right. know, 
you should, and, and again, it should be as close to the authentic real you as you can be. Um, but just that understanding that, you know, um, I hear sometimes people like, well, I don't know if I'd make a good leader because I'm so shy or because I'm so introverted or I'm not really a people person. It's like, that's okay. That's okay. Because you, whoever you are, you have some way to connect with people. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it your whole life. And you absolutely have the passion and the drive to make this business a success, which means you're going to have to communicate that passion and drive somehow. And you yeah. can do it in the most low-key way ever. You don't have to be showy about it. You don't have to be bossy about it. You don't have to be, I'm a leader, you know, like, that's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> you, know? you can be real and genuine, but you also, like, truly never explain, never apologize, never let them see you sweat and unless it is in your favor, don't let them see you cry. Mm. <laughs> like I be strategic. You if you're going to let them see you cry, be strategic about it. Yeah, I was going to say, you just gave people a t-shirt right there. That's good. That's really good. I like it. Yeah. So all these experiences, different scenarios, how do we get to your current business? Because, and again, I, I've, uh, we've had discussions. I've read more about you. I've done kind of my homework. And it's just this long, winding, amazing journey to get to now. So tell us more about how we've gotten to now, your organization, what you're doing. Because again, you're a speaker, you're an author. I know I'm selling your shorts somehow. You're a consultant. You're doing all the things. How do we get to today? Yeah. So along the way in my acting career, I noticed that I was pretty good at getting projects done. Like I said, I was producing shows. I was producing my own shows. I was producing other people's shows. Um, I was running, you know, helping run a theater company and and got my voiceover demo done. You know, like I was pretty good at executing projects. And I noticed that a lot of my highly creative friends had trouble. And so I just thought, well, you know, I got really interested in this question of, well, how do highly creative people make decisions? Mm. And when I say highly creative people, I can hear people being like, oh, she's not talking about me. I probably (laughs) am, actually. (laughs) Right. Right? Because let me, I'll step back for a second, just to clear this up. Creative is different than artistic, Mm. right? Some people are artistic. Mm. Some people are not artistic. Mm. Everyone is creative. Creativity has to do with innovative problem solving. If you've ever solved a problem differently than anybody else has ever solved the problem, congratulations, you are a creative genius. And everyone has their sort of zone of creative genius, you know, that area, that thing that they've just always been interested in. They're good at it. They've always been good at it. If you told them you got, they got to spend all weekend doing it, they'd be like, that's awesome. You know, they'll get up at three in the morning to do it. And the rest of us are like, you're doing what? And they're like, no, I love it. No, I'm going to the quilt fair. It's amazing. I'm going fly fishing. It's amazing. I'm going to do a 10K run. That's amazing. You're like, good for you. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. (laughs) How'd you like it? Um, So that highly creative people have multiple zones of creative genius. They're good at a lot of things. So that means they have a brilliant ideas all the time. They wake up with ideas. They wake up with ideas about other people's ideas. In the middle of working one idea, they'll have another idea. (laughs) And they'll like the new idea better because it's new. Um, What else? Uh, Highly creative people tend to love nuance and subtlety. Not so into black and white thinking. Not so into orthodoxy. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you ask a highly creative person a question, they're going to say, well, it depends. Right? Right. Um, They can be a little anti-authoritarian. 
a lot of them are self-taught in in many ways. And if you told them the training, they're going to stick their head out the window to check. Um, uh, yeah, it goes on like that. So, so this question of, I mean, we all know these people who are like, it just seems like they can do everything. They pick up things really easily. They're good at a lot of things. Um, and it can make them seem like dilettantes or like they're flaky. They're not. They're just good at a lot of things. So this question of how do highly creative people make decisions mm-hmm. and how do they move forward on the projects in their lives? And for whatever reason, my brain just kind of goes, well, I guess it would be, I started to devise all these little worksheets and like, cause the answer is different for everybody. There isn't a the way, right? If there was a the way to be successful, then we would all just do that. Correct. Except for highly creative people, which if I gave them a thing that said, here's your three step, well, right. they would turn it over and start doodling on the back of it. Um, <laughs> but there isn't, there isn't a the way to be a successful entrepreneur. There isn't a the way to be a successful leader. There isn't a the way to be a successful actor. There isn't a the way to be a successful parent or friend, right? It's just your way. So figuring out what is that? What is your way? Yeah. Um, so I started teaching this class called Get It Done. And I thought that's the dumbest name in the world. I'll have to change that. Um, <laughs> now it's like my entire brand. Um, and this is like 2001. And I was doing it literally in a church basement in Van Nuys okay. for like 11 people. I might have charged them $75 and felt really super shy about it. Uh, and it was just one of a lot of things I was doing. Like I said, I had all these other jobs and gigs and whatever. Um, so like once or twice a year, I would teach this class. Okay. And then... Um, this is why it's important to hang out with smart people. One of my friends said, so Sam, you have this class that you teach that you love and that everybody else loves and everybody gets a lot out of it. And you're not doing this full time because I was like, oh, that's a very interesting idea. (laughs) Right. And then I had this giant hole in my schedule, a a company I had been doing business, uh, had been working for laid off like two thirds of their workforce, including me. Another thing I thought I had lined up fell through, which happens all the time. And so I just had this big open space in my calendar and in my bank account. And I was like, (laughs) and all of a sudden I thought, well, I wonder, I wonder if I could do this full time. And then I thought, should I order business cards? Like I knew nothing. I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship. I didn't know anything about marketing. I didn't know about sales. I didn't know about pricing. I didn't know about anything about anything. But I made it my business to learn pretty darn fast. <laughs> and it turns out that at, once you get past all the vocabulary, which is like learning Danish, you know, oh, lifetime customer value and trip sequence and nurture sequence and self-liquidating offer and trip, trip wires and all those you're like what are they talking about i don't know (laughs) once you figure out all the vocabulary you realize oh this is not actually that hard this is about offering the right people something that they want and need mostly want it's about storytelling it's about being of service to people and it's about being authentic and, and real in the world i'm like artists do that every dip bang day like that's getting out of bed that's not hard Uh, (laughs) and i i learned infusionsoft right away which was crazy um and but i didn't know it was supposed to be hard 
So mm. I just figured it out. And I was an ultimate marketer finalist for them that first year. It turned out I was an email marketing savant. Who knew? Um, oh. And um, yeah. And then I was just off to the races. So I now have to ask this question, going back a little bit toward the beginning of your discussion on this, because this is fascinating to me. Number one, I did not know you were an email savant. So you and I will be now having a whole nother set of discussions offline because now I need to know, like, I, how do I tap into this email savant that I know, right? But I think what's more interesting is what would you consider almost your zone of genius, right? Because you've got so many skill sets. You've shown that you can adapt and pivot. And I love how you mentioned, I had this hole in my schedule, but I also had this hole in my bank account. I mean, if you weren't an entrepreneur already, that, I mean, welcome to, welcome to the game, right? Having the holes in your schedule, trying to find a way to fill them. You talked about that as well. But what do you consider your zone or zones of genius when it becomes something like this? Because now you've created this amazing organization. I want to also pitch and pub that for everybody. Uh, the Organized Artist Company um, is the name of the organization, correct? Yeah, that's actually the, the it's it's still in my heart. That's still the name of the organization. It's actually, okay. we, we um, changed the website to be The Real Sam Bennett a couple of years okay. ago. So, so that's Even easier to find is The Real Sam Bennett. Even better. And we're going to get all the, the website information. How do they reach you? So we're, we're not going to forget that. And if but, you think that didn't like call up all my visibility crap, like, yeah, talk about that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, yeah. Cause now you're out front and center in your own brand, right? right? So you go from being this introverted person, like you said, you're a private persona, yeah. the public persona has to be very much out there. So you've got to be operating in different zones of geniuses. So what does that look like in more of your public persona versus your private persona? What does that look like to you? Yeah, I, I think the answer lies in um, a real commitment to living my values. Okay. So like the stated values of, of the organized artist company of the real Sam Bennett is creativity. Obvs. Yes. Um, <laughs> but that means putting a little twist on things, right? Solving problems in an innovative way um, and being, being open to that. Yeah. Um, it's also about kindness. Mm. And, and like I said, treat them like you like them. You know, yeah. treat customers like you like them, treat your peers like you like them, treat your team like you like them, treat yourself like you like them, treat money like you like money, you know, be respectful. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, good humor and fun, like assuming goodwill and always being willing to be the butt of the joke, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. You know yeah. keep your sense of humor as much as you can. Um, and there's something that I like to call um, the perfect word, which has to do with being exceptionally literate, as literate as we can possibly be and intentional and as intentional in our languaging as we can possibly be, which does not mean that we're perfect all the time but it means we're making an effort. Yeah. And so if there's one skill I've leveraged, it's probably my ability to write. Um, okay. I, this, this email list that I built magically, a lot of it, my hand to God, I was sending out poems. Oh, okay. Right. I'm telling you, wow. I built a six figure business on poetry people. Like it can happen. And just sending stuff that like, let, them know that I care and like I try to make sure that nothing I write sounds anything like marketing right 
right? So for those of you, here's my big email tip. If you're trying to write something that sounds official or sounds professional or sounds like marketing, knock it the hell off. Okay. You're not doing yourself any favors. (laughs) Be concise, be clear. And here's my big, oh, so I have, so one of my most popular classes on LinkedIn, so I have all these LinkedIn learning courses. And one of my most popular ones is called how to write emails people want to read. So if any of y'all out there have a LinkedIn subscription, you can ping me, I can give you it for free. Or if you already have LinkedIn learning, you can go find it. Um, But here's one of my big email rules. You ready? This is a little bit of a writer downer and it's going to bust your mind a little bit. Only one exclamation point per email. Oh, okay. One, if that. (laughs) And it better be actually something worth the exclamation point, I'm assuming. Well, exactly. And what I, and, and I want to use them too. I don't, I, you know, so I write them, I put them all in and then I go through and take them all out. <laughs> and what I notice is that when I put them in and it says like, Hey, I've got this worksheet coming up and I'd love for you to be there. Exclamation point. It actually sounds weaker than if I said, I've got this workshop coming up and I really want you to be there. Yeah. Yeah. The first one sounds like you're about to sell furniture for the 4th of July if it doesn't rain. The second one is more of a conversation like, hey, I'd love to actually see you there. Come through. Here's what it is. Here's what we're doing. Right. Right. Exactly. And the sort of artificial hype, hype, hype of this you know, sort of overhyped cheerleader like, yay, it's going to be awesome. It's a great sale. It's such a bargain. Oh, my God. It's like, okay. Dial it back, kitten. Like, it's but you're going to sound a lot saner if you just put a period there. <laughs> Which is true, because the amount of emails, as you say, something as simplistic as that, right? I know that I'm thinking of it, so I can only imagine our, our listeners are thinking the same. The amount of times we get emails, and, and we could probably go to an email right now in our inbox that just almost screams, sale, 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 Black Friday, blah, 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 you know, Fourth of July, like this over, like you said, this overhyped thing. And I think it's interesting how you mentioned that, because in such a society that we're in today, with all of the things that are happening, all of the information, all of the stuff that's shared, it's almost saying that simple is better if I'm reading the tea leaves, right? Absolutely. I like that rule. I like that rule. That's a good one. That's a very good one. See, little nuggets. See, this is the fun part about this. Little nuggets like that can go a long way where somebody will remember what's happening, why it's happening, et cetera. So that, that's a beautiful thing. I like that. So out of all that you do, speaking, um, writing, et cetera, what is your favorite component of what you do? I, I do really love leading group programs. Like I love, I'm not a coach. I don't have a coaching certification. Some people have paid good money for that and I am not one of them. Um, I do steal from the smartest life coaches I can find. Um, I 100% plagiarize from them un- unabashedly. Um, <laughs> but I, I myself am not a coach. Um, okay. I think of myself more as a teacher and more as a mentor. Um, because what I really, because I'm not like going to sort of hold your hand and walk down the garden path with you. That's not really my right. thing. Right. Um, what I love to do is <clears throat> have people come to me, tell them what they want. Okay, I'm now with you on the side of what you tell me you want, mm-hmm. you and me together. Um, and then I tell you what to do and you go away and do it and then come back and tell me that it worked. That's my favorite. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I had a client who was telling me that she was really high level, uh, but she wasn't charging very much. And she was really frustrated because it's hard to work hard and then not really pay yourself very much. Yeah. And I said, well, double your prices. 
<laughs> I said, double your price is an offer a money back guarantee, you know? <clears throat> and she went, oh, um, okay. And three weeks later, she came back and she's like, oh my God, I can't believe how much money is in my account. I'm like, I know. Now 10x your prices. Because if you're not getting pushed back on the double, you're not going to charging enough. So now 10x your prices. Yeah. You're like, what's the limit? What, what are you? And again, that's such a key component because so many people that we all know bring a ton of value. And don't get me wrong. There are those opportunities to give the knowledge and kind of get people started, right? Anything from an ebook, marketing, camp, what, whatever that looks like. Oh, yeah. But when you're actually delivering the core service of what makes your organization that unique entity, so many people have a problem and, and struggle with what to charge. And so that's an interesting component that that's the thing that, that you got. I mean, you're excited anyway, but that got you the most excited of giving people that met that mode of here's how you make it better. Here's what you're doing already. I love a tangible result. I mean, I love inspiring people and preaching. And I do think of that as part of my mission as well Is just, mm-hmm. and I do give a lot of stuff away for free because I remember when 35, I, I remember bursting into tears in Target because I wanted a pair, a new pair of $17 yoga pants and yeah. I did not have $17 yeah. to spend on it. And I was a grown woman. I was in my mid thirties. I'm like, this is pathetic. Right. So I remember when you know, $100 was a lot of money when $35 was a lot of money when $17 was a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I try to make sure that there's a certain amount of what I do that is free and available to everybody. And it's just yeah. as good and helpful as, as anything else that I do. Um, but then there's the stuff that I charge for. <laughs> right. And, and the, the one thing I'll point out, there's, there's especially in personal development, self-help, um, uh, personal services, there's sometimes this feeling, this message that people get of like, well, charge what you're worth. You've got to charge what you're worth. You're worth it. And I just want to say, no, no, that's bullshit. No, we don't charge what you're worth. Your worth is intrinsic. Everyone's worth is, if we don't, if we don't have five babies here and say that baby is worth more than that baby. No, all the babies are worth the same. Right. Right. Your worth is intrinsic. We're not charging for what you are worth. We're mm. charging the value of your worth to them. Absolutely. That's okay. Wait, value? stop. Hold on. Yeah. Let's back that up. Say that again as slow as you can, because that's a huge component. And I want to get out of the way. Go. Yeah. So what you charge is based on the value of your work to them. So what is it worth to this person to have a better relationship with their teenage daughter? What is it worth to this person to no longer have this crick in their neck? What is it worth it to this person to not have to, you know, to have somebody to take care of their email for them, right? What is the value to them? And and especially when you're dealing, again, with highly creative people or people who are using what we might call their God-given gifts, you know, like there are plenty of people like that. They're, they're natural-born healers. They're natural, you know, they have these gifts for massage or healing or psychic abilities or teaching abilities or whatever it is they build with the ability to build things. And they're like, I feel weird charging for this because, you know, I'm not really certified and I, I don't know why I'm good at it. And it sort of feel like, but, you know, and certainly in spiritual communities, this feeling of like, no, it's a God-given gift. You're not allowed to charge for it. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, and I just want to say, no, you can charge more for that. <laughs> extra. That is your extra abundance. Like you got an extra serving of, Whatever that is, sound mixing, the ability to concentrate, whatever it is that you do. And if you're going to give me a choice between the doctor who studied really, really hard to get good grades and the doctor who has a natural gift for healing, 
I'll, I'll, I'll go with the natural gift one. Thank you very much. I'll let equal. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah. So understanding that just because it's, you know, like, well, it's easy for me. Great. 10 extra prices. Yeah. You know, and stop charging by the hour. For God's sake, stop charging by the hour. <laughs> You're not buying your time. Oh, so if you're just joining us, you're here in Doc's Discussions. We're having a fantastic discussion with Samantha Bennett. So tell us a bit more about the real Sam Bennett. What can our viewers expect to see in terms of on the website, more about your services? How do they get in touch with you? What does that look like? That's such a good question. My alarm is going off. Oh, there it is. Hold, please. So you mentioned the website, The Real Sam Bennett. Take our viewers through what they can expect, ways to get in touch with you. What can they expect to see within the site? Um, This is basically a labor of love. So I I love getting a chance to pub uh, all of our guests and what they're doing, but especially something like this, just because you have such a passion for it. So I want to kind of give the viewers a snapshot of when they go to this site, they can expect to see these things give us a little bit of insight on that yeah so the whole thing right now really is get it done like i said that was the class i started teaching that later turned into a book that got endorsed by okay wait for it hair toss hair toss seth godin (laughs) oh seth godin endorsed my book which i'm still totally not over Um, (laughs) um, and uh and, and, and it turned into a, a variety of other classes and a couple more books. And now I'm working on my third book. Um, and it's all really about productivity and creativity. And yeah. how do you have a more fulfilling life? Like, how can you get something done every single day that matters to you? Okay. Right? And uh, my big wrap is 15 minutes a day. Because mm. you want to have a happy life? Here it is. Here's my recipe. Get out your pen. Spend 15 minutes a day, every single day, on something that matters to you. Spend 15 minutes a day, every single day, before you check your email, before you check your, before you check your email, spend 15 minutes a day on something that matters to you. And I don't care if it matters to anybody else. Something that matters, and whether that's, for me, it's my prayer and meditation work every morning. I don't do it. Everything goes off the rails. If I do do it, my life goes pretty good. Um, But for other people, it's dancing or stretching or singing or playing guitar or doing needlework or just vegging out and staring at the garden, you know, just a little open space in their brain, getting a little sunshine, going for a walk, going, I don't care, but something that you might normally deprioritize, right? This is, this is what I noticed is that people everywhere get Everything done all day long for everybody else, but the stuff that they know would really make a difference to them, to their heart and to their spirit and to their family and to their community and to their bank account Mm. sits in a drawer. I like that. So that's, that's really what, when you ask me like, really, what do I want? That's really what I want is I really want to see the entire world spending 15 minutes a day on something that matters to them. So give us the, website link and again we'll post this uh, along with uh with your interview on the on the uh, website but give us the link how do people get in touch with you how do people dive into that site 
For sure. So just hop over to therealsambennett.com and there's a couple of different free opt-ins there. So however way you want to do it, just get on the email list Um, because I do really most of my communicating through email. I I try to remember to post things on socials and I I sometimes (laughs) I don't. Um, I've just hired some people to help make that better, but still email is really where you want to go. And especially if you're interested in email, you might be interested to see how I do it. Um, I hear from a lot of people of like, oh my God, I've unsubscribed from everything except yours. I love getting yours. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> like, I don't always read all of them. I'm like, that's okay. I don't mind. I'm a thick person. Well, um, you should actually tell them there's a test. Like, I don't, there's a test. You have to read all my emails and tell me what I said back. There's a test for that, but that's all right. Well, honestly, this is partly why I love email so much is because it is, in fact, 100% controlled by the consumer. Great it's the point. only marketing channel I know that is 100% controlled by the consumer. Like, I can't control what billboards I drive by or what ads come on the radio, yeah. but email... I opt in, I decide when to open my email box, I decide whether to read it, to open it, to click on it, to forward it, to delete it, to report it as spam. I am 100% in control. So this whole like, oh, I don't want to I don't want to bother people. Well, with email you can't. It's literally not possible. Right. So, yay, you know, go crazy. Um, yeah, so that's that's the main thing, but you can also find me on all the socials as the real Sam Bennett. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn more and more now because these courses uh, Philip, I have a million learners on LinkedIn. I mean, I knew you were a big deal, but that just proves it. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks for just dropping that little nugget. A million, right. li- a, a million, a million. Wow. I can't even wrap my head around a million. <laughs> and and I will also say, the actor in me is like an audience of a million. <laughs> yeah, you're like. Behold all of my people. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I love it. So LinkedIn, the website. Again, we'll put your your socials and your links on this, but this is huge. So I've got one last question. And you actually answered one of my normal questions that I ask most of my guests. And that question is normally, what do you do to recharge and reset again? You've answered that with the 15 minutes. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. It's actually going to be based on your acting career. Okay. Who were your favorite actors and actresses to work with during your time? Could be anything from Second City. It could be anything from Days of Our Lives. You mentioned Modern Family. I'm probably selling this short. Who were your favorite actors and actresses to work with and Uh, why? Yeah. Well, I mentioned Keegan. Um, yes. It's like I said, tall, funny, <clears throat> delightful, super smart. Yeah. Keegan, if um, you want to come on the show too, come on. Cause, absolutely. uh, yeah, this, I, I will make space for that. Cause that would be an amazing interview, but just throwing that out there. Continue. I'm sure you'd love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else have I loved working with? Um, Ed O'Neill actually, uh, who started modern family, uh, yeah. was actually one of my best friends. So really? yeah. So doing that show, we'd been friends for a <clears throat> hundred years. <clears throat> pardon me and um so doing the show was particularly fun because i got to hang out with my best friend yeah. uh, and uh he's he's wonderful i've t- learned a ton from him um who else did i really love working with i once did a a, a radio drama um uh, called a, a play called the general from america and it starred richard dreyfus and charles derning and a bunch of other people, but we, where the way we were seated, I was seated in between Richard Dreyfus and Charles Durning, and they were so sweet and flirty and fun. And I mean, 
legends, legends, yeah. both of them. Um, I worked a couple of times with Ed Asner, um, Lou okay. Grant. You may know him as Lou Grant. Um, yeah. Also, so warm and charming and just delightful. You know, it's funny, people in, in Hollywood, uh, LA sometimes gets a bad rap of everybody going like, oh, everybody there acts so nice, but they're really so fake. And, you know, they're not really that nice. My experience is that actually people are generally really quite nice. Um, I mean, yeah, sure. Some people are fakes, but some people are fakes in St. Louis too. Like, some people, right. Like that's not site specific. Um, and, and in general, um, and niceness is a real survival skill. Like when you're on set, cause it's, I'm telling you, it is always three in the morning and it's raining and this guy has bad breath and that person doesn't know their lines and your shoes don't fit. And like all of it is happening. Like it's all, so, and you're in very tight quarters, you know, it's, it's, and it's yeah. intense. It's hard. It's hard work. And so niceness really starts to matter, you know, being surrounded by people who are kind and forgiving and have a good sense of humor and are patient and, and willing to be patient with you because, you know, we all have our days. Um, so, yeah, I would say that almost all the people I've worked with um, have been just delightful, just delightful. I feel very, very fortunate. That's really cool. I had to ask that question. I mean, I don't, I don't get a lot of former actresses on on the podcast as of yet. Again, Keegan's coming, so we'll have actors coming soon. That'll, but that'll you know. totally happen. And yeah. I wouldn't say former. I still think my I still think my acting career is going to come back around. <laughs> I was going to say. So, are there other projects know. you still want to go after potentially, even with everything that you've got going? Well, you know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. Um, okay. So- We'll see. So we'll just we'll, we'll just add that to the list of things. I did also write a musical too, which was also incredibly fun. And so to be on that side of the production thing was really was really great. So yeah, there's a lot of lot of opportunity out there. So I knew coming in, into this conversation, there were going to be so many layers of Samantha Bennett that we were going to be able to get into. We've got an actress, we've got a writer, we've got a author. We I mean, we've got all these layers into it. But the most fun component is just your overall energy and your passion to when you do something, you go headfirst into it. And that's the coolest part about it. And I think that's the biggest takeaway for most of our viewers and listeners in that if you're going to do this, whatever it is, business wise, becoming a leader, et cetera, go headfirst. Go as hard as you can, as long as you can. That's the only way that this will pay off kind of in the ways that you're looking for that to pay off well exactly and it's the only way you're ever gonna know you know i have a friend who tells a great story my friend allison bird you should totally have allison on the show um my uh friend allison tells i heard her give a keynote one time and she told this great story about how she was you know she was taking a chance she was going to dive into entrepreneurship and she prayed so hard and you know god be the wind beneath my wings and you know she prayed and prayed and she leapt and boom nothing happened right and finally when she sort of shook herself off she realized that she had like she was the little bird who had jumped off like a curb yeah (laughs) like she had taken a big enough leap (laughs) to really be able to tell whether or not she could even be successful right and you know some my little sister asked me once you know how do you know if this is the person you should marry Mm. And I said, well, you don't really. I mean, unless you do, which great, but clearly you don't. Um, 
So, but if you keep making up, waking up in the relationship every day, that's a really good sign. You right. know? And so you just want to wake up and be in it and keep checking. Like, do I still want to be in this? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stay married to you today. Lucky for you. you know? <laughs> Sometimes it's like, I'm going to be, I'll stay married to you until 645. And then we're going to have to talk again because I am not sure. <laughs> And then I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And then I will we'll see how we're going tomorrow. You know, it's the same, same thing with, with, you know, I, I always joke that actors don't have midlife crises because it's so hard. The life is so hard that you do end up sort of every day going like, do I really want to be doing this? Like, okay, mm-hmm. then let's do it. Same thing with entrepreneurship. It's so hard. And in ways that nobody, you would never anticipate it's hard. Um, and it can be very lonely. And, but if you're going to do it, then do it and get in there. And if you're going to fail, fail big, fail hard, fail publicly, belly flop, like do it. So people point and laugh so that, you know, like, okay, that for sure didn't work. <laughs> next, let's move on to the next thing. As opposed to like, well, I sort of half try, you know, I was just talking to somebody the other day, a client the other day was like, oh yeah, well, I started building a MailChimp list, but I never or I started having a newsletter, but then I never publicized it. I'm like, right. So what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to guess you had results that were sort of commensurate with. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I kind of did. I'm like, yeah, kind of. So like, go after it. If it's on your heart to do it, that's your inv- engraved invitation from God. There's no, there's no such thing as a good idea. There's just the idea you have. So go for it. I couldn't be happier to not only have you on as a guest, but to have you as a friend. Um, just the words of wisdom. And again, that infectious energy. If you don't listen to this interview and smile, I'm going to need to check a pulse because I've been <laughs> smiling the whole time and I'm the one delivering the question. So, Samantha, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on the show. We really uh we are all better off for it. That's what I'm going to say to end this on my own. Dr. Hearn, thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of you for listening. And um, yeah, let's get together and have a drink sometime. Yeah, that, that needs Hang to be out. in short order for sure. Absolutely. So, so you guys have listened to another amazing episode of Doc's Discussions. Again, thank you so much to Samantha Bennett for being our guest on this episode. And until next time, we'll see you soon. Take care.